Welcome back, everybody. This is QC Fantasy, ready for episode eight, breaking down the AFC East today. Chris Hayes' favorite division. Taylor, Chris, how are we today? I'm doing great. In the comfort of my own home, not on the road or anything like that. Chris, what about you? Baby, I, I'm so ready to talk Jesus. some AFC East today. Let's rock and roll. If you had Chris wasn't going to be home on your bingo card, cross it off because it already came to fruition, even though we talked about it at the end of the last episode. We're out here grinding. We are we are here to stay. Whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it takes for the people, Chris yep. will make it happen regardless of where he is. I'm sure will. Whatever it takes. All right, fellas, before we dive into the teams, the rosters, the breakdowns, the hot takes, let's get to some NFL news here. So, not a, not a ton since we last spoke, guys. Um, Alex Mack, uh, 49ers center, is retiring. Um, seen a couple of other retirement announcements, but we'll hold off. I think some of those were preliminary. And then speaking of the 49ers, GM John Lynch says he'd be a fool to trade Debo Samuel. Um, obviously, any news we can get this time of year, we're going to take and run with and break down. Um, anything here with the 49ers between these two items? I've been team. They're not going to trade Debo the whole time, so I know they're going to keep getting asked about it. But at this point, I'd be surprised if they trade Debo. So if you've dropped him in your rankings, I know he's been a talking point in Dynasty for sure. I see his value go up and down. I act like he's going to be there on the 49ers. He's still top 10 option. Debo Samuel is not going to get traded. I feel like if he was going to get traded, it was going to be... Uh, pre-draft or or during the draft so in all likely yeah yeah so in all likelihood he is staying a 49er this year um but i am interested to see how the backfield shapes up with him openly uh expressing a disinterest in being a a quote-unquote running back for the Mm -hmm. niners yeah i agree it's it's you know, that, that offense is going to be so hard to really figure out preliminarily, obviously, until we get into the season, because what is Trey Lance going to take this off? Where is he going to take the offense? Is he taking targets or rushes away from other guys? And then seeing seeing the drama play out with Debo leading into the season. But it sounds like the 49ers want to make it work. So hopefully we can pencil in Debo in San Francisco and, and see how it plays out and hope, hope he has the production he's had in previous years. Um now, swinging across to the other big market on the other side of the country, uh, New York with the Jets, who we're going to get to here shortly. Michael Carter says he's happy the Jets drafted Brees. Um, there's enough for both of them to eat. Do we think that's true? I know we're going to get into the full breakdown with the Jets, but or is this just camp talk? You got to you gotta agree with what's going on around you as the player right now. I think it's Michael Carter trying to cling on for dear life to any snaps he can get in that backfield. I mean, the Jets drafted Brees. The Jets specifically traded up in the second round to go get Brees Hall, who is, uh, who was considered the best running back in in this draft. So, I mean, like Michael Carter is going to say what he has to say, but I mean, Brees Hall is going to speak for himself out out on the field. Can't talk, baby. All right, enough with the news, guys. Let's get into these teams and rosters and break it all down. A 
up first. We're just going to hand our mics over to Chris. Hopefully that helps with the recording and the audio here. But Buffalo Bills, guys, don't have to say too much more about Josh Allen. Um, but give me what we're seeing with Josh Allen, his production this year. I know I'm calling Kyler Murray as the QB1, the QB1 this year. Um, you guys know stat I dropped back in our NFC West show talking about that. The last person to be the fantasy QB1 three years running was Steve Young. So I'm just going with analytics statistics, the probability that he's not going to repeat. Um and then going to be really interesting, I want you guys to kind of break down wide receivers. We know what Stephon Diggs is. Where do you have him in your rankings? And then is Gabe Davis worth the hype from the playoff games, right? What do we see for him this year as well? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I got, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, I'm not going to dive too deep into Allen. It just, I mean, he, he's a, he's a QB one, you know, whether like, I mean, whether you think it's Kyler or Mahomes or Allen uh, as the QB one, like an argument is to be made for for any of them. But I mean, he he is a QB one, so there's really not much to discuss there. If you're worried about the offensive coordinator change, like I get it, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Um, Stephon Diggs, I believe him, I believe I have Diggs as my wide receiver five, uh, my wide receiver five behind Adams. Uh, Chase, uh, Jefferson, and Cup this year. So I'm expecting big things from Stephon yeah. Diggs this year, um, especially in PPR leagues. You know, with uh, with Cole Beasley gone, I know they added Jamison Crowder, but I think Diggs is going to get back to that massive uh, uh, target share that he was seeing a few years ago. Uh, they gave Davis hype. I mean, we we saw what he could do against Kansas City. Um, it's really all about consistency, though. Like, if you're expecting to draft Gabe Davis and he's going to expect him to score three touchdowns every single every single week, you're you're going to be disappointed. Like, that's just a fact. But I do think he can be a solid wide receiver three for four fantasy owners this year with with upside um, because of who is throwing throwing him the ball. Um, and some of these other guys, like, I mean, Jamison Crowder will fill more or less the the Cole Beasley role, which is which can be valuable at times. I really like Isaiah McKenzie, but he's not really used uh, in a in a volume role. And Khalil Sakir, the guy they drafted, um, I think he'll really. This is really like a learning year. A guy to keep. Uh, he is a guy to keep uh, on your radar for dynasty, though, because Crowder and McKenzie are both on one year deals. Um, so I would imagine year two for Khalil Sakir will be interesting for for dynasty owners yeah before taylor jumps in um chris of the slot guys so like crowder and mckenzie um who who are you thinking is going to have more of a role who should people be targeting between those two because i think looking at Diggs and gabe davis like they're they're going to be one and two right but if you had to pick one of those guys in your bill's offense which one are you targeting there um probably jamison crowder just because his of his familiar uh, familiarity in in the slot over over his career, um, and he has produced with with poor quarterback play from the Jets. So we'll see what happens with Allen. Um, the only thing I'll say is like McKenzie does have a good rapport with with Josh Allen. You just have to go to the uh, the Patriots game. Uh, I think it was Week 16 at uh, 
at New England where McKenzie had, I think, 11 catches for like 120 yards. But that's also because Beasley was out. So I'm going to say Jamison Crowder is the guy you want to target. But he's also no more than a wide receiver four in my books. Yeah, really echoing everything Chris said. Um, honestly, you could you could lay it out as the strongest fantasy stance I will have on a player this year as is Josh Allen the QB1 and the answer is no. Like you said Graham, statistically speaking, this is a take that I'm fine. I mean, he, is he going to be two or three probably? But him repeating his number 1 just the odds are so low of that happening and it just doesn't happen ever. Um so being wrong about that I, I'm fine with. I mean, I I'd, I'd like to take a shot on Mahomes or Justin Herbert, you know, at the start, as opposed to Josh Allen, just statistically speaking. Uh, so I'm a firm no on him not being the QB one, although I do like him. Um, I I don't even want to talk about the running backs. Devin Singletary is the type of guy that just keeps falling in your draft until one guy in your league goes, I, I guess I'll take Devin Singletary here because they ended up having only two running backs by the eighth round. Um, James Cook, still nice dynasty outlook. Um, I don't like his ADP. I've seen him go as early as like 104, but he's still being drafted in like the end of the first. And I'm just not about that. Um, Stefan, I, I love, yeah, go ahead. I think Cook's got nice dynasty value just cause this is probably Singletary's last year in Buffalo. Yeah. he. It's just, I'd love to get him at the start of the second, as opposed mm-hmm. to at the end of the first. Simply yeah. because it's easier to try probably trade for a start of the second round pick as well. Um, I don't know. He he's going to be a tough guy to gauge, but his his dynasty outlook is is fairly decent. Um, yeah, Jameson Crowder as well. I like. He's I mean he's done it before. I remember I picked him up in our league two or three years ago. It was uh, just because I needed absolute flyers to make the playoffs, and and Crowder I think had got fifty sixty points in two weeks, and I made the playoffs. So. I'll always have a soft spot for Crowder. Um, yeah, Khalil Shakir, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I love getting him late. I've got a couple shares of him. Uh, Stefan Diggs is going to be Stefan Diggs. He's going to be a top five redraft, top five dynasty guy. Um, and then the tight ends, Dawson Knox really showed that he could be a good tight end. And then they go and bring in OJ Howard. Um, I think it's a little early to tell if it's like a depth piece thing or if it's they don't like him as much for some reason. It's always you know, weird when a team brings a player like that in. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you guys are gonna love this. I don't think it's necessarily a knock on Knox, right? Uh, but I mean, it's it's all about Allen. Like, it's all about surrounding him with yeah. with options. So I I don't think that the Bills definitely do not think low on Knox because that's also right, besides right. Diggs, Knox is like that's Allen's guy. Like he really trusts Dawson Knox. And if you look at there was a stretch last year, specific the when they lost to Jacksonville in New England last year, the the games without Dawson Knox, like Allen's uh Allen's fantasy production also dipped. Like he was still performing okay okay. But without Dawson Knox, his fantasy production production really dipped so if anything theoretically happened to knox oj howard isn't dawson knox but he does provide a decent backup 
backup role and another weapon down down the middle for Allen. I mean, if he plays sure. up to his potential, like th- think about having Diggs, Knox, Howard, and Gabe Davis on the field at the same time. Let that mm-hmm. just going to be a night. It'll be a nightmare for defenses. Yeah, speaking of Gabe again, I've been beating the drum for Gabe Davis since I watched him almost every week at UCF, living in Florida and and being a fan with my parents having gone there. Um, That being said, this is still a good opportunity to capitalize and get dynasty value for Gabe Davis. Now, now's the time to trade him. The hype, you know, it, it can go up, but it's never been higher than right now. So if you're if you're going to get anything for him, now's the time to trade Gabe Davis. If if you get a good offer, I'd keep him. If you don't, if you don't get an overpay, basically is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, you you definitely want pieces in this offense, right? Like you're you're going to pay up for Josh Allen. You're going to pay up for Stephon Diggs. Um, I think the wide receiver stuff may be more open than people think as far as like is Gabe Davis going to be the two could Crowder end up with more targets or potentially Shakir if he comes in and plays well as a rookie um I just man Dawson Knox had more targets last year than Gabe Davis um you know Gabe Davis has this super high touchdown rate when he's actually on the field and getting targets but it's like then is that sustainable and you say with Josh Allen yeah possibly um I agree that OJ Howard was kind of like a a safety net for the bills um but it'll be interesting to see exactly how that plays out because obviously dawson knox had a big year last year um and you know in situations like this if i can buy the cheapest option as far as like getting jamison crowder rather than paying up for Diggs or gabe davis you know gabe davis was what wide receiver 58 last year and right now he's getting drafted as wide receiver 26 around Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, Rashad Bateman, Brandon Cooks. Like, yep. those are the guys so you're like, choosing from. I'm probably taking the other four right now. Capital yeah, like Gabe, Gabe Davis is the exact kind of player. Like, like the hype around him is really high right now, but it's going to be insane when training camp starts. He's the exact kind of player that, like, I love him because he's good and he's a, he's a bill, so I'm obviously, like, biased towards him, but... I'll probably have like no. I'll have zero, like zero to one shares of Gabe Davis on on my redraft this year, just because, just because I would never draft him ahead of guys like Corlin Sutton and Allen Robinson. Yeah, Gabe Davis is currently in that tier of player where if he makes one good catch in camp, knowing the fantasy community, they're going to say, "Yep, the breakout's happening. The breakout's happening." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I'm I'm with you on the running back room. It's like, do you do you just wait for Singletary to fall into your lap late? Because I don't really want to pay up for what James Cook is going for, especially redraft or best ball right now when there are other options out there. Um, so that backfield's a big question mark. Zach Moss mm-hmm. is still there. They signed Duke Johnson, who I, I know is old, but it's like, hey, it's just another piece to add to this running back room when we know Josh Allen's gonna take carries out of the backfield, especially in the red zone. So how much yep. How much do you actually want to pay up for a running back on that roster? Right. All right. Enough on the bills, Chris. You can lean back, take a breath. Your job is done. You've jumped on the hype train for your team. Um, And we will get on to the Miami Dolphins here. Um, Guys, another team, a lot of talk over the offseason, obviously made some big moves. We saw Jalen Waddle step up last year. Talk to me about Tua. Where are you guys on him? I think you know I'm a little bit more skeptical of him and the offense than maybe others over the offseason with all these moves. Where do you guys stand on Tua, the two top wide receivers, and the other pieces in the offense? 
I I feel like I'm warmer on Tua than most people. I mean, he's my QB 17, even for Dynasty, but which is still probably higher than most, just because people don't seemingly just don't want to touch him. They don't they don't even want to own him right now. Like you have Tua, you're like, oh, I want to trade him if I can, and nobody's like, oh, I'm going to go trade for Tua. Um, that being said, I do feel like this is it, right? Like this is the year that's going to show. Does he have it? Does he not? If he has a bad year, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins look to another option next year in a draft with a decent crop of quarterbacks. So I think that he does all right. I think he finishes as a QB2, no problem. Uh, As for the two wide receivers that seemingly flip-flop in everybody's rankings, whether it be redraft, best ball, dynasty, I've got... I've got Tyree Kill ahead of Jalen Waddle right now, just because I still think he's going to make those big plays. Um, and speaking of of camp catches caught on film, no, Tyreek and no, no, yep, 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 no, Tua, Tua and Tyreek connected on a deep ball at the end of practice. So, was it underthrown? No, it was perfect. Um, oh wow! I, I think, and I'm not talking about the catch. I'm not trying to be a camp hypist, but I, I do feel like Tua and Tyreek are going to, you know, you could say overwork this offseason to get that connection. So I, I'm not as worried as most people basically with this offense. Taylor, who's the uh who is the better dynasty quarterback in the AFC East? Is it Tua, oh Zach Wilson, Mac Jones? Like if somebody Josh said Allen. you have to take one of these three, just the three oh, gosh. in Dynasty, who are you taking? Um, wow. Oh, geez. I think because of my personal preference of preferring to lean more win now, whether it be in the first year, in the first couple years, I'm going to lean Tua. Zach Wilson's not far behind. Just because I don't think he does it this year, I think Tua outscores him this year, possibly next year if that core stays together. Um, I- I'm going to lean Tua. I'm going to lean Tua. Mac is far behind both of them. Yeah, I would take Tua and Dynasty over Wilson as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, you guys know I'm not a, a huge fan of this offense like everybody else. I think part of me just wants to be different, right? But I, I don't think there's any question. Like, Tyreek Hill's the better wide receiver than Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, I, I get mm-hmm. the I get the hype. I think he played well last year. Um, if we're being honest, he was, like, the only wide receiver for Tua to throw to anyways, um, outside of Gusecki, who we'll talk about in a second, who splits out wide right. half the time anyways. Um so it's kind of like that Amon Ross St. Brown. For me, it's like, okay, is this guy really good or was it a matter of volume? Now, I think targets are earned. You get open, you get targets, you get catches, yards, the whole nine. But mm-hmm. with Tyreek coming in, it's like he's not going to get that type of target share that he was getting last year. Um, and I still I still don't trust Tua to be that guy to kind of take it to the next level, even with the weapons around him. Um, so that's where I'm a little skeptical. And then, you know, will both of those guys be top 24? So on average, we usually see about 4.6 teams with two wide receivers that are top 24. So you got a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, four and a half teams a year. And so it's interesting to start thinking around the league of averages. I don't think there's been a season in the past five or six years where there's more than six teams with two wide receiver twos. And Again, going back to the analytics, the probabilities here, there are some other rosters that I like a little bit more that I could just feel a whole lot more confident in having two wide receiver twos on their rosters. 
Here's a here's an interesting one for you. I'll throw one at you, Graham. Who you could say which two wide receivers score the most points combined, right? Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro or Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um I yeah. yeah, I'm 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 going Adams and Renfro. I uh right. I think Derek Carr is above Tua. Um and I just, again, I, I I like Waddle. Don't get me wrong, but with where he's, I don't have any Waddle. I'll just say that on any of my rosters, because what you have to pay to get him right now is just unreasonable for what I think he is. And mm-hmm. trusting a new coaching staff to come in, implement an offense immediately, and see this team step in like that. I also trust Josh McDaniels yeah. being the new coach in Las Vegas a whole lot more than I trust Mike McDaniel. Um, not that I don't like him, but. That's that's what I'm going to roll with. Um, I think Devontae, I'm taking above Tyreek. Um, and I think I would take Waddle over Renfro, but Renfro just somehow ends up with, especially in PPR, right? We're we're sticking to PPR in most of these conversations. Yeah. Renfro's a guy that has, <laughs> he scored way higher and finished way higher in season ranks than anybody would ever predict or think um, ahead of the season. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Because yeah, I think it, it worked out last year as, Devontae first, then Tyreek, or then Waddle, then Tyreek, then Renfro, I believe, in scoring. So a little sandwich there with the Dolphins players kind of makes for a hard choice. Chris, what you got? What you got on that? I would take Hill and Waddle. Personally. Okay. I'm not a I'm not a believer in Josh McDaniels. Um He's a Bills fan, everybody. Just remember bias, a little bias, maybe. <laughs> he's a, like he's he's just not a good head coach. Like he had the opportunity before and he just kind of blew in. He was good with new England, but I just, I think rent with, if Waller is healthy this whole year, like Renfro will take a step back and Adams, like he's going to score a ton of points because he's going to get fed a lot of targets. I just think Waller will eat into that production enough to where, um, Hale and Waddle will be will command like I don't know like sixty percent of of Tua's targets this year. Yeah. And I'm also I I'll, as much as I hate to say it, like I do think Tua will have like will have a good year. Yeah, I'd uh yeah. I'd, I'd I'd counter that with the Gesicki Cedric Wilson coming over from Dallas, and I think Chase Edmonds is more of a threat out of the backfield to take passing. Uh, Passing down work, um, then I'm worried yeah, about I mean, even running backs in Las Vegas. Not Did we lose Chris? I'm here. Oh, I think between Gesicki and Edmonds, I think you're seeing similar yeah. target share that say Darren Waller's going to take. And so then I am really just leaning on. I think Derek Carr's a better quarterback than Tua, and so that's where I come to the conclusion that. Adams and Renfro, even though, don't get me wrong, I'd take Tyreek and Waddle ahead of Renfro any day of the week. Um, I think the combination is probably going to offset and score more. But I don't know. Maybe I'll save that for a hot take because it seems to be hotly debated. Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, like like Adams is going to be a wide – he'll finish as a top 12 receiver. Do you think Renfro has a shot at being a top 12 receiver this year? I think Renfro has – 
just under the same shot that Jalen Waddle has. I mean, that's that's where I am on Waddle in this offense and Tua in particular. I've I've seen Derek Carr do this, and now you give Derek Carr a legitimate alpha in Devontae Adams. Um, and again, it's yet to be seen, like, how exactly are they going to use Tyreek Hill? How many fantasy points is he going to score when you don't have Patrick Mahomes as the one throwing him the ball, but it's Tyreek Hill? I mean, sorry, Tua. Tua. So it's like, that, that's where I try to weigh those things out. And I, I do think that Renfro is close enough. And I think Adams will outpace Waddle and Hill by enough to for that combination to outscore the guys in Miami. It's probably very close, though, when it's all said and done. But I admittedly yeah. am lower on Tua and this offense than I think most have been with all the offseason moves that they've done. Other yeah. than Chase Edmonds, you guys know, I am just an absolute truther for Chase Edmonds. I think he was the better running back in Arizona, even though all the volume went to James Conner. I get it. Um, But it is going to be really interesting to watch that backfield of, you know, are they going to try to grind it out with Mostert or Michelle, or are they really going to open things up and have Edmonds coming out of the backfield? Guys, any thoughts on this backfield, or are you just, like, hands off here? Yeah, it's it's Edmonds or nothing for me, and even then it's – I almost just don't want to take him to avoid the potential headache. I'd rather have a couple other options. Um, yeah, it's 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 Edmonds or nothing for me, really, with these guys. Yeah, same for me. Uh, I tried I tried most of last year, and it, it ended very poorly. And Miles Gaskin, he's, he's probably on the verge of getting cut at this point. Sony Michelle will probably get some work in like pass protection, but. Yeah, Ed, it's looking more and more like Edmonds is the guy. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. I mean, they've got a lot of speed. I just, yeah, I'm just not sure. So and the Dolphins have not, like, they've never really been these last. I know, like Mike McDaniel's coming in, and things will be different. They've never really utilized their running backs that well for fantasy purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go through a list and name off running backs being drafted ahead of. Let me give you the names of the guys being drafted ahead of Chase Edmonds right now. I'm not going to tell you all of them that I disagree with, but we're looking at Elijah Mitchell, A.J. Dillon, C.E.H., Miles Sanders, Kenneth Walker, Cordero Patterson, Tony Pollard, Damian Harris, Kareem Hunt, Devin Singletary, James Cook, and then Chase Edmonds. So as far as my drafts go, if I can get Chase Edmonds that late without having to pay up and pick up top wide receivers, I'm I'm good sitting and waiting. I don't want him as my RB1, but if that's my RB2, I've got no issue with it, and I can take shots on other running backs late. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd take him ahead of the, those rookies, Cook and Walker at least, maybe yep. a couple guys, but that's like where I would be okay with taking him if yes. he doesn't, you know, if, if this backfield just is muddy, you know, and I wouldn't feel bad about it. It's basically how I it definitely, is. I'd definitely take Edmonds instead of those rookies and 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 Pollard and AJ Dillon. Like I get it, they're valuable handcuffs, but like Edmonds is the starting running back on what's supposed to be a, a potent offense. So like, yeah, you know, um, take take the points when you can get. Don't like hope and pray that that Zeke or or Aaron Jones is going to get hurt. Yeah. So where do you guys have Gusecki? Because that's the other piece that I'm running into. And I think Cedric Wilson coming from Dallas, like I was a big fan of his there where he stepped in for Michael Gallup. I think he can be pretty decent. But I start looking at, okay, how many how many passes is Tua going to throw? And is there enough to go around for them to have a tight end one, a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two? I'm projecting Chase Edmonds to be a 
top 24 running back, and a lot of that is going to be passing down work. It's just what has to give in this offense because something has to. Um, uh, either that or two is going to be the QB1. Um, so what do you guys think about Gusecki and kind of where how all of this is going to weigh out? It's probably it's most likely him. Um, I currently have him listed as my tight end 14 um, because he's in a, in a quality offense and he probably will be the red zone guy just because of his size. Um, but it, it's really one of those situations where if he doesn't score a touchdown, you're probably not getting anything from him. Exactly. Yeah, he, He's got a score to have maybe a double digit week, in my opinion. I've actually got him 14th myself, albeit in dynasty rankings. Uh, he's actually a spot behind Dawson Knox, who's in this division. So that's kind of where I where I rank him. I've got him behind, actually, and Hunter Henry, uh, who we're about to talk about. So that's uh, that's kind of how I view Kiseki. Thank you for the segue. So we will uh, dive right in to the New England Patriots. Um, Mac Jones, a quarterback going into his second year, um, super consistent. I think we we've also saw with the Running game last year, a lot of, lot of bodies, a lot of people, what's new in New England. Um, and then also looking at, okay, with this offense, are there any pass catchers that we want? So, um, guys, talk to me about this offense. I think it's probably the one that we, the three of us would probably avoid most out of these. Um, but are there any hidden gems here, anybody that people should actually target or that have really great ADPs that maybe have some upside? Yeah, I mean, since I just just mentioned it, Hunter Henry's the only guy that I'd want. Uh, and even then, he, I'm not expecting much from him. Uh, again, he's going to be a touchdown guy. Like, if he scores, he'll have a better week than Kasicki if he scores. A lot easier chance of getting the double digits. Um, but, I mean, uh, Devontae Parker, who's fresh over there, is, is always seemingly hurt. Jacoby Myers has never been in an end zone in his entire life at any age of football. Uh, and Nelson Aguilar is just, he has random good weeks and you're like, oh, Aguilar plays for the Patriots, even though he's been there for, I think, two years, right? So I, I'm out on pretty much everybody but Hunter Henry, pass catching wise. And even then, like Hunter Henry and he's not a, not a pass catcher, but Damian Harris, like there's probably some regression to the mean this year yeah. uh, in terms of, in terms of touchdowns. Um. I mean, knowing the Patriots, it's going to be Jonu Smith that leads them in, in touchdowns right. this year. Just because, like, just because, you know, like, what the hell. Um, but I'm not, I'm not drafting any Patriots uh, pass catchers this year. If there is a guy, I, I'm – didn't they draft a running back this year, too? Like, I, I want to, like, Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, strong. And, they drafted two. Pierre, yeah, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris were both drafted. Like, which... what, like I just don't, I don't understand, like what they're what they're doing. Like I, I like Ramondre Stevenson and I like Damian Harris, but I, like this, I, I just don't know how much this offense is going to produce because I'm not really a believer in Mac. Like I think he's good, but he just doesn't have the weapons to to move the ball downfield consistently. Yeah. I'll so, put it this uh, way. If, if you're telling me that I can draft one player from every team and I get to the Patriots, let's say in Dynasty, the only guy that I'm going to want, and that's just because flyer potential, is Tyquan Thornton. And then Mac Jones is right behind him, and that's if it's a super flex. So 
have those guys. You know, I just don't. I just don't want to touch anybody. No, I don't want. I don't want to even want Stevenson. Yeah, it's a Juan Thorne. That was one of the that 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 was quite a pick. Yeah, the it was. Didn't they I mean, the take block, him over George Pickens? I th- I believe so. I think that was kind of the controversy. Or questionable, I should say. Question mark, not controversy. I yeah. I uh I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Patriots run the ball more this year than they throw mm-hmm. the ball. Like last year they were fifty four percent to forty six percent in favor of the pass. But it's like <clears throat> I, I honestly think Bill Belichick is like, hey, Everybody is going to the spread it out offense, throw it 900 times a, a game. So I'm going to do the exact opposite, and we're just going to run the ball down your throat. Um, mm-hmm. So I, that's I exactly know. what's going to happen. It, it's it's interesting, you know. Like I, I do like Mac Jones as a quarterback, but it's like the volume's not there, and he also doesn't have the weapons. Like I don't think Jacoby Myers is a bad football player. I don't think Kendrick Bourne is a bad football player. Um, I don't think Hunter Henry or John who are bad football players. But when you look at fantasy football and putting up fantasy points. I just don't see it. So if late in a draft, Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson are dropping, like, cool, throw a dart, especially in best ball. Like, I don't I don't mind. There's a chance, like last year, one of them lucks up with 13, 14, 15 touchdowns. But even then, Damian Harris was what? Like a back-end RB2, even with all those touchdowns, because they're not catching passes. They're not racking up a ton of yards. So um, not overly interested there. Um, and then, like you said, Hunter Henry is probably a decent target, but he honestly would probably be my tight end too. Um, I don't know if I would want someone like that as the tight end one week in and week out relying on him. If Hunter Henry one spot above Gasecki at number 13 this year. Smart. Smart. All right, we'll move to the next one. The New York Jets. Guys, Zach Wilson, quarterback, drafted last year, number two. Talk about controversy. I think that was probably up there. Um, and actually, controversy, not a question mark. Um, and then looking at looking at the offense and the weapons, right? Garrett Wilson, they drafted Elijah Moore last year, had a good season, started to come on strong. Corey Davis, a wide receiver, Braxton Berrios, the obvious one, drafting Brees Hall this year, along with Michael Carter, who we touched on earlier. Uh, and then other acquisitions brought in C.J. Ozama, who had a pretty good year with the Bengals, Joe Burrow throwing to him, uh, and also Tyler Conklin, who we know filled in nicely for Irv Smith in Minnesota last year. Um, what do we think about the Jets' offense as a whole? And I guess similar to kind of Miami, do they have the quarterback that can help some of these weapons get to the next level? And then who are we targeting if we do believe that? This is such an interesting situation for the Jets. I'm probably not going to have a lot of Jets this year, but next year, poten- like potentially. I mean, they, they have a ton of youth between Paul, Carter, Wilson, uh, Zach and Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios. Like, these guys can play. Um, we, we do need, you know, we need to see progression from, from Zach Wilson. Um, but they, they do have talent. They do have talent on the offensive side of the ball. They kind of remind me of, they kind of remind me of, uh, what Detroit has this year. Like, I feel like they're going to be scrappy and they're going to compete. Um, and they could have like sneaky, uh, fancy production on, on a, depending on who they're playing during the week, like against a weaker, a weaker defense. Um, I feel like they could be successful because they have the talent, but against like the stronger defenses, you know, you'll you'll fade them quite a quite a bit. But there there's some sneaky there is some sneaky value here. Yeah, the the Jets have the best potential 
to just arrive on the scene. You know, all this young talent. Whenever you've got just a group of young talent, it can either go really bad or it can go pretty good. The Bengals, they had all that young talent. Next thing you know, Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in the league. Joe Mixon's playing games and being healthy and is a top five running back. So, I mean, they're they're basically built like the same team. Um, they've even got C.J. Uzama, who was on the Bengals. Maybe it's the C.J. Uzama effect. I don't know. So, if if that happens this year, it's officially a trend. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the potential. I love Garrett Wilson. He was my number one wide receiver in this class, purely based on uh, wide receiver skill. I love his route running. Uh, his reception perception was off the charts on success rate versus all types of coverage, including press as well. So the talent itself is there and you can't, and, and people seemingly forget about Elijah Moore. I'm seeing trade offers posted like, Oh, should I take Elijah Moore or a mid 22 second? And I'm like, Elijah Moore, like, what are you doing? He, the potential is just, is too high for all these players. Yeah. yeah I, I think the tricky part this year, uh, Garrett, Gary Wilson will probably be their wide receiver one by the end of the year. I think Corey Davis will probably start out as their WR1 with Elijah Moore mostly playing in the slot. Corey Davis, interesting. Yeah. I think the tricky part with these pass catchers, though, is figuring out who's going to be productive week in and week out because mm-hmm. it could be someone different every every single week. Like We've seen C.J. Ozama have big games with the Bengals. We know Elijah Moore and Corey Davis can both be volume volume guys mm-hmm. even Braxton Barrios can pop off a big play and then you know you add Garrett Wilson to the mix and you know he's a potential stud and Brees Hall I, I think Brees Hall will probably be the most consistent out of out of any jet this year as long as they give him the volume that that he needs but he's he's a pass catching running back he's a he's a three down back so the Jets should use him as such, yeah. um, but but we'll see. So I think I think there will be production here. The tricky part will just be figuring out where it's going to come from. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I think you guys know I'm I'm in on Zach Wilson, and honestly, this offense. I mean, I'm not going to call him a QB one or anything, but like, <clears throat> if Zach Wilson's my second quarterback in best ball with the upside that's there with the young talent around him, like, sure, I'll I'll take that shot any day. Um, I agree with the wide receivers. I mean, you're just putting town out there. Again, I think he's got a strong enough arm. He can push the ball down the field. He can make throws, honestly, that other guys can't, like Mac Jones, Tua. I think he has that capability. It's just can he put it together. Um, And I also honestly think he has more of a rushing upside than Tua does. So as far as fantasy goes, yeah, I'm all for that. So I see good years for Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore coming. Talk about Corey Davis and Braxton Berrios, both being just good options, kind of safety blankets for him. and then Uzama and Conklin, I mean, it's interesting. I don't really want to take a shot on either one of them because, again, kind of like Miami, I don't know if there's no. enough to go around for the those guys to have two of them, right? They're just going to kind of vulture each other, I think, because um, I think they're probably similar as far as talent, but we'll we'll see how it plays out in the offense. Then the big question mark, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, um, What's what does the backfield look like here? I mean, are we going to split – uh, possessions? Are we seeing Brees Hall as the primary guy, Michael Carter on third downs, or is it some different split here in the backfield? Should be Brees Hall from the get-go, but the Jets will probably do something 
something different. I, it, it'll really be a wait and see. Like week one, what what's it going to look like? Or are, are they going to make an announcement? Is Salah going to come out and say, this is our guy and we're just going to pound him into the ground? Like, we, we really just need more information. But if, I mean, if they're smart, they'll just give Hall the, the roll, the three-down roll, and just let him ride with it, and Michael Carter can, can spell him. That would be the smart thing to do. Yeah, it's it's almost, it feels a little bit like Najee Harris last year, right? He was being drafted high, but there were still concerns like, oh, this is not going to be a good team. The O-line is bad. And the next thing you know, he's catching t- 10 passes a game. We're getting 10 targets a game, and he's a top five running back. So Brees Hall is going to have to be that special player that people are saying he is to be relevant if he's being drafted as an rb1 i feel like i just don't want to touch him because there are some guys that are high-end rb2s or low-end rb1s in adp that i would just rather have more like aaron jones uh nick chubb seemingly keeps falling down and down so like who would you rather have Brees hall or nick chubb this year I i don't know what we're doing you know yeah, I'm looking at, so Brees Hall, again, I'm looking at underdog fantasy. This is best ball drafts, but pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, being drafted as the running back 18 right now, um, I'm going gonna, gonna to ask this, especially Dynasty or for either of you kind of outlook, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne or Zach Wilson and Brees Hall, what's the what's the better one-two punch there wide, or at quarterback running back? And let's uh, discount the wide receivers, like don't factor them in, just who would you rather have if you had to take a pair? This year. I'm taking Jacksonville. Um, yeah. For this year. I'd take yeah. it for the few I'd take it Dynasty too. E- either way. I want to know if it differs too for you. Give it to me in both. Like, I guess Jacksonville. Because I think Lawrence is better than Wilson, but the ETN. The ETN injury makes me nervous, and he's still splitting. He's definitely still going to be splitting time with with James Robinson. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I've got some I've got some coach talk quotes loaded up about ETN. If you want me to say them, I'm 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 jumping on board here because I uh I'm a hundred percent in on Travis ETN, who is getting drafted two spots behind Brees Hall, and I will mm-hmm. go ahead and tell everybody I will be drafting Travis ETN ahead of Brees Hall every day of the week. Um, at least right now, if we're talking this year, um, I don't know if I would for Dynasty, but I've I've got no issue pulling that trigger and going ETN over Hall, and I. James Robinson isn't going to be back for a while. Um, I mean, he's probably going to start the season on the pup list. Um, so I'm not concerned about Most too much likely. competition to start the year. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not a coach. It's from a, uh, it's from a, their beat reporter. So you can take it into a little, you know, sure. a little better, but they said that his explosion is looking like his normal self. So just as probably just seeing him out there doing these fast twitch muscle drills. I think he's out there doing ladder drills. He's doing sprints. He's doing all these things that um, a player that is seemingly recovered from that type of injury usually doesn't do. He is doing them. So if you're worried about the injury, I wouldn't be worried that much. He looks like he's, he's kind of, he's got that healthy season coming up basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm a, but I like the Jets offense. Um, I like Brees Hall, especially in the in the long term. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to watch how that black backfield gets split up, um, mm-hmm. especially with the passing downs. Is Brees Hall going to be out there? Or is Michael Carter going to run in? Um, as anything else on? I would probably take Lawrence and Etienne also, just because of their history together at Clemson. And I'm totally biased. I am right down the road from Clemson, so I watched more Etienne and Lawrence than most other college players. So there is I mean, but, but I'm all but they're amazing. Like, like, they were unbelievable together. Correct. Really? Um, anything else on the Jets or AFC East, guys, before we dive into some hot takes here? Nothing for me, unless you want more uh, coach talk quotes. I got no, a lot. No more. No more okay. coach talk. We've, yep. got, we've got, got multiple it. months to hash all that out. All right. Yep. Hot takes, AFC East. Who's going first? Chris, say something about your Bills. Come on, do it. Um, I'm actually going to say something negative about the Bills. Um, oh, wow. I am not, I'm not all in on the Gabe Davis hype train. Um, and I'm going to say he finishes as a, as a high-end wide receiver four this year. So outside the top 36. For, for wide receivers. Um, I just think there's, I think between, I think Allen really trusts Dawson Knox and the addition of O.J. Howard and the reemergence of Stephon Diggs will, will hinder Davis in terms of consistent production. And I also think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle will finish top 12 in PPR this year. Okay. Wow. Double, double wide receiver once. That's interesting. Who wide receiver wants? Where's Tua finish? Just outside, somewhere between 11 and 14. Okay. Respectable. Um, I guess I'll go next. Uh, my hot take is I think Michael Carter is going to be the lead running back for the Jets this year. I think Brees Hall finishes outside the top 24. Oh. Uh, it's going to be a big disappointment and a giant head scratcher, and uh, the people are going to feel real dumb for taking Brees early and letting Carter drop. Uh, why not? You know, it's the Jets. Uh, if they don't feed Brees Hall, they're dumb. But I could see it happen. Yeah, that's a that's a hot take for sure. All right, final one. I'm going to tee it up. I'm actually going to steal one from uh, Taylor that you pulled out with another team. I'm going to go, the Miami Dolphins do not have a QB1, wide receiver one, tight end one, or running back one at all. At all. Miami Dolphins offense, you got all the talk this summer. You got Mike McDaniel coming in to change things. Um, No QB wide receiver, running back, or tight end one in Miami. Is this by a, a decent margin? Are we talking thin margins? Are we talking uh, Hill and Hill and Waller going to finish wide receiver 13-14? What are we talking here? A thin margin for Tyreek Hill and Gesicki to get close. Um, okay. I've got – I don't know if Waddle's a, a wide receiver too this year. Um, again, I think there's just – there's so much talent on that offense. There's so much that has to go around. They have to throw the ball so many times for Chase Edmonds to reach his ceiling, for Waddle and Hill to reach their ceilings, plus Gusecki. Um, So I think they're kind of going to cannibalize each other. Again, it's nothing against their talent. There's just so much of it in one roster that I'm not sure they're going to throw the ball enough for all those guys to end up as number ones at their position. I hear you. Um, I was looking over Waddle's stats earlier when we were talking about the Dolphins, and you know he got over the 100 receptions. Um, 
I think his saving grace, and you can't predict touchdowns. You just can't. You know, you you can't say, oh, his touchdowns are going to go up this year. But I feel like he does have less catches, maybe somewhere between 80 to 90 catches, just because he still gets all those underneath targets. But I do feel like his touchdowns go up and maybe his yards even go up just because the field is going to, it's going to feel more open with Tyreek there. So he's probably going to have a little more yak. Uh, he's probably going to have a few touchdowns. And I, I do feel like that's the only way he finishes wide receiver one is if those touchdowns go up and his ability after the catch gets even greater than what it is. That, that'll be that'll be his only option. Taylor, how many targets did Devontae Adams have last year? Uh, he had a whole lot, yeah, like, I, like, 140, like 140, right? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was touching like 160. I, I thought believe. it was like 160 ish. Well, for reference, Waddle last year had 142. And I mean, I just, right. Waddle's, Waddle's not the kind of guy, not the kind of wide receiver that Devonte Adams is in my opinion. Exactly. And then you're going to add in the fact that Tyreek Hill is there too. I, his targets yeah. have to go down. I don't think there's any way. So like you said, the touchdowns have to be a saving grace if he's going to finish high. But, right. Yeah. Adams had 169. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Waddle had. 140 so i i feel like his targets you could it, it's probably safe to say that his targets and in, in his receptions drop by 20 each so we're looking at 120 targets and 80 catches um his touchdowns are going to have to get to like nine or ten to to keep him in that wide receiver 13 range that he was uh, so it i could still see it though but i could easily see him falling out of well out of the top top 12 so that's anyway, a good that's a good hot take it's talent just i don't think there's enough to go around for everybody um right. Right. all right fellas hot takes we'll keep them written down we'll break them back out at the end of the year see how we did see who has the uh, highest hit rate that'll be that'll be fun to kind of track and then you guys know who to who to listen to and who to ignore when we start talking about hot. Things. all right guys i appreciate it what's next we're gonna go uh afc west with the next talk so uh keep an eye out for that Coming out next week, you know where to find us at QC underscore fantasy on Twitter and Instagram and then QCFantasy.com. Come check us out. We'll have rankings up by the season. Come draft time for redraft and best ball. So make sure to check it out. Let us know what you think. Appreciate you. Find us and be ready for next week. That might be a two hour episode. There's so many weapons to talk about. Boy, I'm going to be here a while. Chris, you better be at home for that because it's going to be a long one. Tweet us, tweet oh. us your predictions for where Chris is recording from next week, and winner will get some sort of prize. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hear the predictions of where he is and what he's recording on. I believe Which today continent? was a uh, was a was a, a a BlackBerry is what he's recording on today. I think. Do you have a Nintendo Switch you could record on next time? <laughs>